Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What David knows is, it isn't man's physical armor... It isn't the experience that King Saul had that's going to do anything here. I mean, if it was, why isn't Saul out there? It's going to be God. It's the power of God working through the hands of David. So, God created you. There's only one of you. And it's important that you don't trust in something that you're not. So, imagine that you're about to face Goliath. He's nine and a half feet tall, maybe 600 pounds, and a warrior that even your king is afraid to fight. What is the mindset that will lead you to success? It doesn't appear that David was intimidated one bit by Goliath's physical stature because David wasn't looking with only physical eyes. Pastor Mark will be teaching about David's perspective, which was that his God was more powerful any mere human, no matter how formidable that human was. The lesson is clear. Get your eyes on God, and He will give you victory over your obstacles. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel 17, as he continues in his series called The Life of David. Lord, let us hear your lessons for you've joined us tonight and you didn't bring a Bible, we'd love you to have one. All you have to do is raise your hand. The ushers will bring one to you. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 17. So we'll begin tonight in a moment in verse 38, 1 Samuel 17. Now remember, David has come to the Israeli army. They're in the Valley of Elah. They're facing the Philistines and a giant. For 40 days, the The mocking has gone on by Goliath. David comes and he gets a little bit of flack from family members. And then God begins to speak to him. And he finally goes to Saul and he says, nobody will go forward. I'll go forward and stand for the name of the Lord. Saul sees David's amazing confidence. And because he won't do anything about it, he just says, go for it. Saul wants to help. It's amazing to me because the only way Saul knows how to help is to give David his armor and give him his weapons and just say to him, protect yourself. I think that's very interesting because Saul doesn't have anything else to give David because the anointing of the Lord is gone. So all he has is stuff in the flesh. Watch how this works. Look at verse 38. And Saul dressed David. Of course, he's the king. Saul's going to do that, and David's going to allow it. And he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. So who's the expert here? Saul is. 
He says, this is the way it's going to look. David goes, well, okay, let's see how it works. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. But because he was not used to them, he said, I cannot go in these. And he took them off and he said to Saul, I'm not used to them. Here, have them back. And as Chuck Swindoll so beautifully says, King Saul was a 52 long and David was a 36 short. And it didn't fit at all. So David is going to do what David knows to do, even though it's not easy. You see, you're in front of the king, and you're saying to the king, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Easy for us to say, easy for us to read in. David knows that Saul's trying to do the best he can, but despite that, David takes off the helmet, puts the sword down, removes all the armor. And here's one of the points we started with, and I want you to remind you of it again. What is that showing us? Well, I think it's showing us a number of things. Be yourself. You see, we cannot be somebody else. David can't be Saul. Jonathan can't be somebody else. Jonathan has to be Jonathan. I have to be who I am. As we move through life as a minister, worship leader, even you, doesn't really matter because it's not about you or it's not about me. It's not about Jonathan. It's not about a pastor. It's about God. And so what David knows is it isn't man's physical armor. It isn't the experience that King Saul had that's going to do anything here. I mean, if it was, why isn't Saul out there? It's going to be God. It's the power of God working through the hands of David. So God created you. There's only one of you. And it's important that you don't trust in something that you're not. And more importantly, David wasn't going to trust in Saul's armor, even though it's the king's armor, probably the best there was. But he was going to trust in the strength of the Lord. Psalms 20 verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. So remember, it's not our armor, it's not our giftedness, it's not our wisdom, that's the key. The key is God. God is the one that gets the honor and the glory. So it comes down to, you know, when we were created, we were created with five senses. And, you know, touch and feel and taste and hear and speak and all those kind of things that we want to put our hands around it, we want to see it, we want to touch it, we want to feel it. Those are okay, but really God isn't pleased with the five physical senses. He's pleased with the spirit world, which is not see, touch, feel. Faith is that which we don't even see, but we just know it's going to happen. So here's David. He's got all this feely, touchy armor and things that looks like what will bring the victory, but he understood That the victory is not going to come from the five senses. It's going to come from the spirit of the Lord. Now, remember that as we go through the teaching, because we're the same way. The battle we fight is not really physical. It's very much spiritual. So look at verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand. That's who David is. That's what he has. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. 
And he put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. Now, when we go to Israel, we always go, when possible, to the Valley of Elah. And here's our guide. And that's an actual kind of what the swing would look like. Some people think it was this bowl with the uh, wood and whatever. No, it's kind of a leather. And it can be very exacting, very exacting. And so that's what David would have. And this is in the Valley of Elah. And that's a Yuval, our guide. And I don't let anybody on the bus do it because we have health insurance for them. Because they, it's very dangerous, actually, when you let it go. You never know what direction to go if I let it go. So he does it, and it just goes beautifully. Now, when you see that, and we think of five smooth stones, I think you have to understand that stone is going to be bigger than you and I can ever imagine. In fact, many people think it's the size of a baseball, and it would go about 100 miles an hour. So that's a big stone, five of those stones. Now, what taught David the experience of this sling and the accuracy and the shape? Why did he do that? Well, there's a rabbinical story. It's purely legendary. The story says these five particular stones, as David reached down into that brook, they called out to David and said, by us, you shall overcome the giant. So the stones called out to David. Yeah, nice story, but whatever. doesn't work. How did he pick them? He knew how to pick them. That's what David did. That was his armor. That was his skill. So God is going to use us in our skill. But the solution is always God. So he does use us. Now, why the five stones? Nobody knows. A lot of things. It could be that we know in the scripture that Goliath had four other brothers. So just in case they came running out... He'll take care of all of them. Bing, 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 bing. We don't know. It took one. Verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, <laughs> I love this. Sometimes we forget this. The Philistine isn't just, you know, the 9-6 or whatever guy, Shaq, isn't just standing there. The Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and he saw he was only a boy, probably maybe early 20s. Ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with these sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. So notice the battle again always comes down to our God against the false gods of the world. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, Well, you come against me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come against you, notice, not with a sling and stones, not with Saul's armor, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. So here is David being himself, no sword, none of Saul's armor. He enters the battle in his own clothes. With his own sling, in human weakness, a small boy, but great faith in God. And God's going to honor that faith. Remember, God is not pleased except by faith. So to win the battle, the odds are impossible against David. 
when you factor in God, it's changed. So notice verse 46, how he responds. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Now, where did he get all of that? He already saw that by faith. I'm going to strike you down and I'm going to cut off your head. Now, he has no sword. So be thinking about this. Sometimes we read this and we don't realize it, but God already has been speaking to him. And by faith, he sees, he sees the outcome. That's huge. He's not there. Well, I hope the stone will work the first time. I don't know. He has faith. He already sees the end result. That's faith. Abraham, when he was called to go, he set out not knowing where he was going. But he set out knowing that God was leading him. His faith. Trusting in God. So this day the Lord will hand you over to me. I'll strike you down. I'll cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army. So notice it's not just Goliath. To the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And here's the key. Underline it in your Bible. And the whole world will know that there is a God, big G, in Israel. So what do we see in verse 46? I think it's really good. Notice all the eyes. This is David saying. And remember, we told you this principle numbers of times. I'll mention it once or twice. There's only some things God can do, and there's only some things that you and I can do. Now, God could have just said, to one of his angels, get on there and take care of the boy. It's over with. Army's defeated. It's finished. One angel wiped the whole place out. He decided not to do that. He's going to use David. So he uses you and I. Remember, God was going to use David and God needed him. Now, God could have used also, I was thinking about this because when I was thinking about the size of that stone, which is probably like a baseball, God didn't even need to use an angel. We know in the book of Revelation, during the tribulation, there's going to be hailstones. And some of them, probably a hundred pound hailstones. So God could have just used one hailstone, perfectly positioned. Boom. But why? I don't know why. Maybe they're in storage waiting for the seven-year tribulation. I really don't know. But God chose to use the young man, David, to kill Goliath. And I want you to write this down. Christ follower, God has chosen to use you. See, he could have done everything he wants to do without you and without me. But he's chosen to use you. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not ordained. That has nothing to do with it. We're all called and gifted by God to be used. We're a mighty army with God as the head. So whatever gifting you have, remember Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, we're a body. We're uniquely gifted in all kinds of ways. And so God has called you tonight, as you see this, you need the exact same kind of faith. I need that same kind of faith that David has. So the focus of David was on God not the giant. David, already by faith, sees the whole thing. The giant falling, him cutting his head off, and the army 
going in their direction, and most of them dying. He already sees that by faith. And who gave him that? God did. God gave him the vision of what was going to happen. We'll look at verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. Again, just what I spoke to you about. You don't need to write it down, but understand how this battle will be won. It's the same way you and I will win our battles. David believes the victory is already won. And how does he believe it? By faith. It's already done. Now, at the end tonight, I'm going to talk to you about our own giants. And the focus that I just mentioned here that David is not focused on the largeness of the giant or the impossible situation. The armor bearer in front of him is probably way bigger than David himself. But he's focusing on God and what God's called him to do. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain, here's those five senses again, of what we do not see. Verse 48, now as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead, just in that little place that would be between the armor here, the shield, and his head. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. As I said to you, That stone would have been about the size of a baseball, probably about 100 miles an hour. And of course, directed what? Just perfectly. Now, David doesn't talk about facing the giant. David faces the giant. As Linda and I were out walking this morning, I was listening to, sometimes we don't listen to anything. Somebody just, we just talk. Other times we're listening to different teachings and whatever with our iPods. And uh, she happened to have Charles Stanley, and he was talking on procrastination. Anybody here have any trouble with procrastination? Could I see your hand slowly? Slowly as, as it comes up. We all have trouble from, oh, there's a double hand right over here. Hallelujah. See, David, he makes these great statements, and then notice he doesn't run away from the battle. He runs to the battle. David didn't slay the giant with nice talk. Faith has to be acted upon. There must be some action to it. So what you see is David faces the giant. Faith in action is what killed Goliath. A verse I used this weekend, which I want to remind you about, just write it down, 1 Corinthians 4.20. 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, It's living by God's power. You see, faith has to be acted upon. If God gives you a vision of how he's going to use you, then step forward in all of our lives. It takes steps of faith, not just words. Nice talk. Well, I believe one day God's going to blah, 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 here we go. No, no, no. Step forward. This is what happens to David. Now, Goliath never knew what hit him. But the Philistine army knew. It was a God rock that hit him. Right between the head. Now, look at verse 50. So David triumphed 
over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, with a pea shooter. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his scabbard after he killed him. So evidently he was just stunned or maybe unconscious. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Well, where'd he get the sword? He didn't have a sword. Where'd he get the sword? Goliath. Now, remember what God told him what happened? He says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't have a sword. He didn't need a sword. The sword was waiting for him. He knew already what God was going to do. By faith, he did it. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. David's victory demonstrated to everyone that, number one, the God of Israel was alive. This enemy ran. And two, he delivers his own against overwhelming odds. Let me just say this again to you today. David's victory demonstrated that the God of Israel exists. By the way, the God of Israel still exists tonight. And number two, he delivers his own against overwhelming odds. Overwhelming odds. Bottom line, this whole story, what happened? What was changing? It was the very same thing David wanted. Bottom line, David's active faith, not just words, but his active faith made God look good. That's why you and I are here tonight, to tell the world Jesus is alive. Now, remember there's David had to sling the stone. Who directed it? Well, God, I'm sure. But maybe even David was skilled enough. It's all right. But there was some action. Listen to Spurgeon when he talks about this. The lazy bones of our Orthodox churches cry, God will do his own work. And then they looked out for the softest pillow they can find. And they put it under their heads and say, the eternal purposes will be carried out. God will be glorified. That is all very fine talk, but it can be used with the most mischievous design. You can make opium out of it, which will lull you into a deep and dreadful slumber and prevent you being of any kind of use at all. So again, it was active faith. If God has begun to speak to you about an area of ministry, something to step out in, a step of faith, something to do, it isn't just to talk about it. Wonderful to talk about it, but you have to follow through with action. Take the steps of faith when God directs you to do it. Now, 52, the men of Israel and Judah surged forth with a shout. Wow, finally got a little courage. And pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sherem road to Gath and Ekron. Now, when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. Today, Pastor Mark taught that just like David couldn't dress in Saul's armor and fight successfully against Goliath, you can't fight and win your own battles unless you're being you. You are reminded that God made you who you are. As a Christ follower, God has chosen to use you as you are. You were also told about the importance of faith, trusting in God's victory in your life. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue in this installment in his series, The Life of David. He will teach on the importance of active faith, not just mentally agreeing with God, but with performing the work that results from your belief. You'll be reminded of the reality of spiritual warfare and where the spiritual realm is evidenced in this story, as well as being reminded what your spiritual weapons are. We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.